Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always, Bo Brock, the great Frank Sanders, live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. And, you know, I thought we'd kick off the show today with a nice, tasty little Monday Night Football preview, Bo, (laughs) between the Patriots and the Cardinals. Cardinals are 4-9. We're going to talk about that. But first, Bo, we have to talk about this bomb that Jordan Schultz, Schultz report on Twitter, Mm -hmm. dropped earlier today. Friend of the program, Jordan Schultz. And uh, yeah, this this news has to deal with, Bo, the much maligned, infamous Steve Keim. Somebody who's kind of been flying under the radar, right? With the Arizona Cardinals struggles on the field, four and eight. Everybody wants to get after Cliff Kingsbury, the Uh play calling. They don't feel like it's up to snuff. Obviously, the regression from Kyler Murray. Finally had a decent game against the Chargers, but in a loss, Steve Keim finally kind of getting his due. As you mentioned, I've been uh, talking to Jordan. I think we're probably going to get him on the show here next week because we got our big preview show today. But the report out there, do we want to get into it right now? Yeah, I mean, producer Emma made this fantastic graphic, by the way. Look at that. We got some happy people on the graphic, some not so people, <laughs> happy people on the graphic. Nightingale Sunset putting it right in the chat. Kime time finally, not what we were talking about probably in the offseason training camp, those Kime time signings. That's not it. Let's start with the top with owner Michael Bidwell and GM Steve Kime. The complete absence of accountability, especially from Kime, is appalling. His lack of professionalism permeates from the entire franchise. Kime's a fan. He's been able to keep that job because of his relationship with Bidwell, but he's not a football savant or a football mind. He's not a leader. He's a longtime personnel staffer. That's a longtime personnel staffer telling Jordan Schultz here in this article uh, where he he also went into the conversation. It's, It's more about the final five games. You know, what coaches are on the hot seat mm-hmm. and I'm saying, look, this isn't all a cliff problem. Yeah. And, and points to Steve Kahn. Yeah. And I think Cardinal fans know that. Like Bo and I, we were texting earlier today and I sent the same thing to Espo. It's like two things can be true. Cliff Kingsbury can be bad at his job, can have a tough end to, to his regular seasons as a college coach, as an NFL coach. But the infrastructure of this team, Steve Kahn, it's his doing. And now potentially Frank Sanders, this could be his undoing. It's it's uh it's definitely telling when you can look at the history of the players that has been drafted here with the Cardinals and those that have left the Arizona Cardinals that was drafted under Kimes watch mm-hmm. and left and went and been productive someplace else. I think that in itself says what did you evaluate when you first brought them in 
while they was here, did did you watch them mature and become the players you wanted them to be or you thought them they would be? Mm-hmm. That's why you drafted them, Bo. But in reality, you let them go in the third or the second year of their contract before without giving them an extension. Yep. A la Christian Kirk, a la Chase Edmond. And now you see you see uh Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick. Those guys are going out and still being productive in other places. You have to ask yourself, how was he evaluating them before? Yeah. And now what's 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 tall telling right now? So it's a it's not a good look. But the the most condemning part is that the article can seem like it's very personal, mm-hmm. but yet it's coming from somebody else. Like, you know, Jay, right. it, it, you hear him. You hear, it's his words, but he's yeah. giving the words from somebody well, and else. That, this that, is not Schultz. This is Schultz reporting yes. this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a it's a former NFL personnel member, somebody who who's in the know and has takes on, on Steve Kime. And look, there's been a lot of conversation about Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, is and, and what I think we learned this season, and this is a small bit of, of this because it's mainly going to be about Steve Kime, is, is Cliff Kingsbury can't elevate, right? He right. can't elevate a, a talentless roster. Now, he, he wasn't without talent, right? There's mm-hmm. certainly playmaking. But I think as far as Cliff Kingsbury, we, we've learned that he can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Because when you look, I mean, I did the article on Steve Kime's ranking his draft classes, right? His, mm-hmm. All of his draft player, players mm-hmm. he drafted. And it's such a thin list of talent. Like, there's, I mean, think outside of Kyler Murray, who are some of the great players that Steve Kime I mean, has drafted into this organization? Yeah, it's it's a lot of flash in the pans like David Johnson and John Brown and some B and C role players like Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds. But no, like, cornerstone foundational offensive players that yeah. go on to get nice extensions. There there are no CeeDee Lambs. There are no Tristan Wirfs, to name a couple misses that he had and, and taking Isaiah Simmons in the process. Mm-hmm. And so I... Cliff Kingsbury was always going to be up against the eight ball because he needed everything to go well, kind of like a game managing quarterback, right? You got to put the good defense in place. You got to elevate him with the supremely gifted offensive players and then let him coach Kyler and the quarterbacks. But with Steve now, I mean, it's twofold for me. It's like the team is losing because last year, a lot of people were still anti Steve Kime. Despite the start of the season, the team was 10 and two. People were saying, yeah, but Steve Kime, he's got to go. This is short term. And those people have been proven right frankly, that you look at this team foundationally. I mean, the the LA Rams winning last night. I mean, the Cardinals are a loss on Monday from being tied for last place in the division with quarterbacks that are, I mean, it's egregious. Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, with all due respect. I mean, you have Kyler Murray. You gave him two to the party, Baker Mayfield. Yes, yes. (laughs) Goodness. We'll get get into that, I'm sure, at some point. But $230 million you've invested in Kyler Murray. You have the best quarterback, yet you're in last place, potentially in last place, if you lose on Monday. And so, Frank, we sit here and we think about, okay, does, does this get back to Michael Bidwell? Does this start to crank up the heat? Because the heat's been on Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff mm-hmm. Kingsbury has the odds on gambling sites to be the next coaching fire, next coach fired, head coach in the NFL. There's nothing been about Steve Kime as, as, as Bo alluded to. It's crazy, right? You would think, you would think it would go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is that Mike has to see the writing on the wall in regards to what's being taken place. Of course, we talked about Adrian Wilson. Yep. And my other my other brother that's up there. Quentin Harris. Quentin Harris is those potential. Those guys are leading in the scout department, but those guys are also leading as potential general managers to go other places. Yeah. And I think that's – we have to – he has to look at from an inside perspective of what those guys are bringing to the table, what they're talking about compared to what Steve Kime has been able to do yeah. and what's the vision for the, the franchise going in the long-term effect because what yeah. we've seen thus far – and we can go back just to just this offseason and watching how nothing happened across the board. We saw two guys. We saw guys that get signed, Tanner Vallejo. <laughs> we brought him in and thought it was amazing. I guess that, that, was the, that was the big splash this offseason. But I think that's the part where 
you have to look internal and see what what the other guys bring to the table because Kime definitely his record is not his record is not 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 a good one. Bo, this, I want to pose this to you sure. quickly. Who do you think this came from? There's been a lot of questions. I know our own Howard Balzer and I DM before the show, and he's like, "Is this an ex employee? Is this a, a a rival GM or executive?" I would I would find it hard to believe that a rival would would put this out there because you're benefiting off of sure. Steve Kimes' incompetence right now. Yeah, and I, look, I mean, you, it's fair to ask those questions. It's important to add context to the story, but when you when you look at the state of the Arizona Cardinals, it, it you can look at the injuries, you can look at the the, the decisions as far as the roster, the coaching, the you know offensive play calling, the quarterback play. They've won five games in their last eighteen, or they're. Right? Yeah, their, yeah. their last 18 games. I mean, nothing is Five going and right with this organization. To sit back and say, well, you know, where is this coming from? Like, I remember the AFC uh, executives saying something about Cliff Kingsbury that was not very kind last year. I'm like, yeah. well, AFC executive, it could be from the fucking Jaguars. Who gives a shit what that guy thinks? That's a, mm-hmm. that's a poverty franchise, yeah. right? But the fact that somebody who's been employed in this league and has, has been around this organization, you would assume, and sees this... And it kind of vindicates what we've been talking about, right? It's it's it it's does. concerning, right? And and the thing that stands out to me about Jordan Schultz's article it, it it is that he calls Steve Kime a fan. And you look at how this team has been built. That's how a fan would build a football team. It's like building. Well, men. maybe not. It, maybe not every fan. Well, I mean, like somebody. Where you're looking more at the playmakers, right? You're looking at your at your your outside weapons. Mm-hmm. You're looking at your wide receivers. I know Frank. He, he's he's a former player. He probably build a team like that because he's a wideout. But okay. outside of that, like he's not <laughs> building it where games are won and lost in the yeah, NFL, and, and that's trenches. in the trenches. Falling yeah. in love with Isaiah Simmons, right. taking an off ball linebacker the following year. You know, he's taken some some running backs fairly high. He's he's, mm-hmm. he's traded so many resources on wide receivers, and and I think it's a great point. I think, it, and a lot of his moves have been short-term, not long-term. I mean, you remember the end of the era with Carson Palmer when they would not get a successor at quarterback, and it blew up in their face, and so what did he do the next year? He forced the pick on Josh Rosen to kind of double down on his mistake, and then he's been given reset after reset, and I think the biggest question, like, the jury's out on Steve Kime with public opinion. Like, the fan base, 90%, I would say, would prefer he not be the GM, Frank, moving forward. How out is Michael Bidwell in the Cardinals? Because you've had interactions with Steve. You've you've talked to us about him off air, that he is kind of like the guy, the Grim Reaper of sorts. You mentioned yeah. him. like, But he's he's got, you know, the staying power of 20-plus years. It's it's a very frightening scenario for Cardinal fans to, to sit back and say, wow, is this guy really going to control the offseason in 2023? Yeah, you know, we watched Kime. I've watched Kime come through the ranks. And literally, when, he, when, we first, when I first got there in 95 and he got there in 96, 97, he was there as the Grim Reaper. And he was one of those guys that you called when we had guys that was getting cut during practice or doing doing training camp or mini camp. He was the guy that was going to pick guys up and say, hey, man, you need to bring your playbook with you. And he was going through different stages of the of the thing. But this might not be an uh, an indictment on Kime. It's probably more on Bitwell and his loyalty to him yeah. and what that means to him in regards to how he trusts what he's and able to do. And being able to find good football people. Right. And, and the idea is that, you know, you're giving – you're giving your fan base something to look at, but in reality, the trenches is where it's at. What yeah. needs to take place, and there, there's been some really, there's some really effed up situations that, if Mike looks back and he has to say, "Well, did I not want to pay these guys?" and did did Kime have it in a position where, 
when you look at Hassan Reddick in his last year here with the Cardinals, he went from like one sack, two sack to like boom, 11 sack, 10 sack, right. one year. And I was like, that's what you drafted a guy for. And then you you don't want to sign him back. You don't want to give him the money that he deserves. Yep. You don't, don't now, now we're arguing with semantics and not the player that you really drafted. And so who argued that point? Was it Mike saying he's not worth it? I'm not paying him that money. Same thing with Christian Kirk. Did you say he's not worth it? I'm not paying him this money. And was mm-hmm. Steve arguing that, hey, I drafted these guys. These guys can really bring some to the table. Just give him another year, Mike. Give him another a contract. You know, that would be the that would be the difference. And I think that. Times might be the, might be a byproduct of that conversation, yeah. and I think Mike has loyalty in his dad to a fault. They both had the same thing. They had an ideal number on what they thought about players and what they would play. Remember, we let go of Neus Williams. We let go of Neus Williams, Hall of Famer, but he was he was eight time Pro Bowler. We let go of Larry Sinners, who was Mister Larry before Larry after the Larry Wilson. Tyron There's Matthew a, left the franchise, won a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, so. Wow. It, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blame Kime for wanting to restructure with. With but he shouldn't have given him that contract to begin with. Right. Though. Yeah. And, and that was one of those where he's puffing his chest out. Hey, I hit on this third round pick. I was able to turn this guy around, and, and I played a big role in that. And Steve Kime and, and having Pat, the old Pat Patrick Peterson that we liked, uh, before, <laughs> before his heel turn. Right. Uh, you know when he mentored Honey Badger, and they, it was the no fly zone. That was, those were great years. Those were. Prime Steve Kime years, And right? then he should have been shown the door right. when the team bought him out. It would have been a great time for a divorce in 2018. Let, I think everybody would agree with that. Let me ask you this question, because I think we talked about this on an audio-only pod, if you haven't checked it out earlier this week, but uh, Steve Kime was really Michael Bidwell's first hire as a GM. He did not hire Rod Graves. Rod Graves kind of came up within the ranks. He was another internal candidate, but he was brought up by Bid Bill, Bill Bidwell. Mm-hmm. And so Kime and Bidwell, Michael, have been together since... Steve has joined the organization. Do you think there's some fear, Bo, with Michael Bidwell, uncertainty, cutting loose with Kime and saying, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing? Right. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, I'm... I don't know anybody to, to bring in. I'm my, in my, my late 30s, and I don't want to make any new friends. I'm sure Michael Bidwell in his late 50s doesn't want to make <laughs> any new friends, right? He doesn't want to have to find a new best friend. He doesn't want to have yeah. to say goodbye to Steve Kime, who he's been hanging with for close to 24 years. But... The, the unfortunate thing here sometimes, and, and people come across this in their own profession, and I'm sure a bunch of people in the chat, uh, it's it's not what you know, it's who you know. And who he knows is the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, and it's Michael Bidwell. And he's he's put in a, in a tough position. And, and also another key part of this article from Jordan Schultz, which it's it's not long. It's it's a paragraph long. And it's not just about Steve yeah, Kime, it's, it's too. About, it's about coaches on the hot seat and, and adding context to it is is the lack of accountability. And I've been saying this since they fired Steve Wilkes after one year. It was Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell being the brain trust of this organization and saying, we're holding ourselves accountable for mm-hmm. this mistake. We made the wrong hire. Correct. We're not going to get it wrong again. We promise you that. We're going to look at ourselves, take a long, hard look at ourselves in the mirror and hold ourselves responsible and accountable. And I don't see anything. They just said that. Because I don't see anything that reflects that they truly hold themselves accountable right. and are holding themselves accountable on a daily basis. And this organization is suffering from it. And finally, you know, blind squirrels find a nut every once in a while. They've got a franchise quarterback. You've built a team that has one winning season in seven years. And yet a GM in Tennessee went seven for seven with winning seasons and was fired. I do think that could be the spark that gets this conversation going like, oh, shit. 
John Robinson, good at his job, some dysfunction there, got fired. Not only fired, fired like during the season while his team is leading his division. And then you have Steve Keim, one game away from last place and has had one winning season. By the way, that did not end well. Like last year, they won 11 games. They were 10-2, and and they flamed out in spectacular fashion, was inexplicably given a contract extension. And now, Frank, it's like, what do we do here? And Bo and I talked about it. We... We still have a pretty good idea. Cliff Kingsbury is still the fourth highest paid head coach in his division. So we don't yeah. we don't assume Kaim is making like astronomical mm-hmm. money. It's more than just the money. It's it's the relationship that they're going to have to cut loose. I, de- I definitely think, well, we know it's the relationship because here's the situation you talked about. The friendship and the quality of it is that, you know, I don't want to bring it up, but I, it's, it's on record. D, you know, our general manager had a DUI. Yeah. He got suspended, but he kept his job. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not necessarily that's that's An typically, DUI typically that he a had fireable to go, that he had to go to jail for like for two days. Right. He and had to come back and they had to check him in for two days and he had to be away from the facility and got suspended. Yeah, and, and that's typically for five a fire weeks, right? Before the season yes. started and he got a two hundred thousand dollar fine. Like in ex- it. A, but, a, but a DUI is bad enough. Extreme. Yeah. Like you have no business being on the road. Damn we right. say that's why we say those those typically <laughs> are fireable offenses. But I will say this here, man, like you gotta I'm gonna speak back to the locker room because that's what's that's what's being affected by that more than anything. Mm-hmm. We're talking about firing Kimes, we're talking about firing, you know, and the, the bad positional, the bad, some of the bad performances of, of what he's been able to do, whether keeping players or letting go players. Let's look at this. This is affecting the locker room. The fans, you sit on the field, but it's affecting the locker room. Yep. It's affecting the morale. It's affecting the attitude. It's affecting what I know. Who is the guy I can trust? What I who I can trust on Sundays? Who I can trust on Monday night football? Mm-hmm. And bless God, we play on Thursday night. And getting some primetime television. But that that's the situation where we're starting to we see the residual effect of that. So you're not seeing the you're not seeing the 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 com, the, the, the friendships that you know guys normally have, mm-hmm. the camaraderie you normally see. You're watching when you, you get to watch a Kyler go sit on the bench by himself and watch guys disassociate themselves on the field in the midst of a game. It's because those things that when you have a relationship with guys and you know this guy's going to be there for you, you tend to you see that. But when you're watching them bring in guys and cut guys or, you know, not keeping Hassan Reddick or not keeping a Chandler Jones or these guys that you how about J.J. Watt came in for Chandler Jones? Maybe he came in for Chandler Jones and thought mm-hmm. that we both I'll have another compadre on the other side at a ball out with me. Unfortunately, J.J. got hurt. Unfortunately, Chandler got hurt. And we never got to see the fullness of that thing mature. We saw maybe yeah. one or two games. But I think that's the part where you start looking at how all these decisions that's being made, whether they're buddies or friends or compadres or, or whatever they are, drinking buddies, but, you just you, you get to the place where you start seeing how is this affecting the locker room? And I've seen it for years, and it's affecting it in a negative way. Yeah, Mike makes a really good point. And I, I think Steve Keim is the best GM in, in modern Cardinal history, but that doesn't mean he's immune to like keep his job forever. Um, if we can scroll up just a quick second, uh, David. So Kime and Cliff go hand in hand. Kime mm-hmm. should have been gone with Wilkes, 100%. I get Bidwell and Kime are friends, but when it starts affecting the checkbook, changes need to be made. Like, the Eagles fired Doug Peterson, who who's won their only Super Bowl. Like, I, I feel <laughs> that like... That is crazy. It, it, just, it, it might also be a scenario, Bone, which Michael Bidwell and his standards, God love him, his dad did not do a lot of winning. You played for his, his late father. They had three winning seasons in how many years? And... Now Michael's like, well, Steve, you know, we've been to the playoffs a couple times and we're competitive. Everybody talks about how talented we are. Everybody talks about, well, the team's underachieving, but we're talented. I think he hears that stuff and is like, yeah, no, this is okay. We're fine. Yeah. And I 
they they did a pretty good job of patting themselves on the back for the BA era. And when you think about it, it yielded one playoff win, right? Like they they still kind of two walk around two with their chest chest puffed. Two, two playoff bursts and right, one win. But right. We we gotta look at this, Bo. Like when you're watching the when you're watching film, you're mm-hmm. watching the television, yeah, and the and the camera pans on those two guys, they're all engaged. Mm-hmm. Like they that's know, great. They, I'm saying, but they know they care. But they I mean, care. but that's sure. But that, let's just let's. This be, isn't Martha Ford. But let's put that out there, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean, because like, it, it looks like the decisions being made are, are horrible. Right. But you can't come to a game realizing your decisions were bad, piss poor. Right. And you're gonna be in the box, or, or you just. Or I'm you're not just here to knock his dad. I don't know. No, no, I'm not, I'm not talking his dad. I'm just no, but like, I, look at Mike as well as. I'm gonna back up your point. Is you know what I mean? Michael is a more engaged and I think a a better owner than his late father. But that doesn't mean that he. He's making good decisions right now. But is, yeah, is it, is it good enough to compete in today's NFL? Like, I thought that, I think Michael Bidwell has done a great job in taking this team out of irrelevancy, right? Yes, correct. And, and correct. becoming kind of a, a middle lo- of the pack, not, not a laughing stock, Frank, but, no, you know, they, they, they were certainly poke fun of. There were the horror stories from, from you know, past ownership, obviously. Uh, and, and Michael Bidwell emphasized turning things around, getting the stadium done, no longer sharing a stadium with, with ASU and, and getting out there in Glendale and having their own place to call home and Cardinals fans to come and, and tailgate, have a blast at, at the stadium when there's not too many opposing fans that have bought up season ticket holders tickets. It's, it's a, he's done a good job in, in moving them close to neutral as far as the NFL goes and having some success, a Super Bowl appearance, right? I mean, nobody saw that coming. And then wanting to that to taste that more often, getting close to it with Bruce Arians, but then, you know, they, they get close and then it seems like they take so many f- steps back, right? Yeah. And, and they get in their own way because it's like they're they're reading their own press clippings. They're they're buying too much into what, you know, what could have just been a flash in the pan, you know, short Success wasn't something that was sustainable. Remember, they don't know how to build. They started selling t- playoff tickets last year. Yeah, for the homes for the home game, way before they had locked up the division. Yeah. Well, I mean that's 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 pretty much that's standard practice across the league. Should right? this team though be operating like that? Yeah, that hasn't mean, won a division <laughs> title since 2015. I'm, I know the optics suck on that. But <laughs> what are you gonna yes, do? Yes, and they should know their coach has trouble. Yeah. Notching up dubs in December and January. I think Michael Bidwell wants to win. That doesn't mean he knows how to win, but you can win right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Listen, the best time to be on DraftKings is right now. We've got World World Cup action. The NBA is in full swing. I'm losing a lot of money betting on the Phoenix Suns. I may have to pivot here after these last two games. We have a loaded slate. They need a new owner. <laughs> well, they're, oh, they're get, getting one. They're yeah. getting one. <laughs> right. We need a new GM. Uh, maybe check back in January. Um, and then, of course, you've got Monday Night Football, Cardinals hosting the Patriots. We're going to get into in a moment. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do not the spread, mind you, the money line. So go and take your 5 bucks, put it on the Dallas Cowboys this weekend against the Houston Texans, and you will prosper because of it. Friends, that is my DraftKings pick of the week. I'm actually going to take the Cowboys minus 17 against the Houston Texans. It's the biggest spread of the NFL season, and I think they cover and then some. You can do the same only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for it. Details, Bo. It makes me sick that uh, you're going to be betting on Dallas, but I understand it. Good I team. Get the pick. Yeah, DraftKings Sportsbook makes it 
easy for you to dabble as you look you love to do also what makes it easy to have some great beer great food great atmosphere our friends over at four peaks on h street and tempe they've got that fantastic brew that everybody loves i'm having myself a wow light citrus ale this is the light stuff here uh didn't want to pack on too many pounds while we're sitting here <laughs> on the more furniture Frank's got a hazy and Johnny's got a wow wheat. We've got the uh, fall pack still here. You got the Redbird Lager just in time for Cardinals season. Yeah, hopefully you've been enjoying that all season long. And now they've got the Advent Calendar box. Yeah, Ooh. you can give the gift of beer this holiday season. Four Peaks has limited supplies in their December Advent Calendar box. So you're a couple days in December, so you get to catch up, have a couple good nights before having to go one beer at a time. Uh, 55 bucks. That'll get you an advent calendar box. Enjoy the specialty beers, tall boys and more purchase at the H street pub in Tempe. Give that gift of beer. And if you're not just getting the gift of beer, go out there. You got army Navy this weekend, right? That's a great game. Always check out. You want a place to watch it Four peaks. Perfect place for it. Perfect place to get your Cardinals update is with this guy, Bo <laughs> Brock, who is live at practice all week. And it's, it seemed like forever since the Cardinals have played a real actual football game mm -hmm. before they peed the bed in the fourth quarter <laughs> against the L.A. Chargers, but they do play the Patriots on Monday Night Football this week. Patriots also off a loss. Bo, what can you tell us? Practice report, where is it trending toward for Monday Night Football? I'm going to start with Byron Murphy. Yeah, Byron Murphy, was. Uh, he's been day-to-day. -day. He was out there on Wednesday, not out there on Thursday. It was a closed walkthrough today. Uh, I don't believe he practiced today. Mm. It, it was. It's just uh, It's kind of like predictive. I mean, they're they're out there in, in their sweats and or shorts and and t-shirts. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins though did return. Yeah, he, he was out with an illness on Thursday. He's already back out there in a full uh, capacity. Greg Dorch has practiced three days in a row. I think you're going to see him in his in the slot role come Monday night, which is good. I mm -hmm. mean, it adds more playmaking that you already got back with Hollywood Brown a couple weeks ago. So now you've got three guys that Kyler can really find in this passing attack. Doesn't look like Rondell Moore is going to play. He oh, hasn't practiced all week. Got the groin injury. Um, Shut him down. <laughs> haven't seen much from Max Williams. It's interesting, kind of just following along with Max Williams. So you're kind of you're already shorthanded at, at tight end. So Trey McBride, maybe Steven Anderson at that position. But other than that, relatively healthy. The offensive line you're going to be without Rashad Coward, who emerges your starting left guard. He's out with a pec injury. So we'll probably see guy like Cody Ford get heavy reps come Monday night. Well, and that's why they traded for him. Frank, how frustrating is it for somebody like Byron Murphy, contract year, mm -hmm. trying to make his money, can't get on the field? Or do you look at it like, well, this team, four and eight, do I even need to play? Oh, he definitely needs to play. It's uh without a doubt, he he's he's uh he's itching to play because he knows he has uh, he has this is mm -hmm. his time to get his money, man. And you want to get out and show more than what you've done showed thus far. What if what if his last game wasn't a good showing and then he got hurt and it was just like man this he should, was should he've been out there yeah. did he get hurt because he shouldn't have been out there it's, yep. it's one of those question marks and I think but every player wants to play every player wants should, it was definitely as a contract here yep um he has a he has a good resume and an upside and so if the car I think the Cardinals shouldn't hesitate they should learn from last year's debacle and what they did in the offseason on how they was deciding to sign guys and how it affected the locker room mm. and how players were hurt and injured through because they wasn't in it wasn't in camp. They wasn't in great shape coming into camp. They wasn't in great shape coming into the season. They should learn from that. So but he's a young talent, mm -hmm. a young stud. And the, and the NFL has a, there's a limit. It's not unlimited. It's a limit 
a limit on great cornerbacks, and he's one of those cornerbacks that can be pretty productive for the Cardinals. Yeah, he's future. he's big and physical, and I think the Cardinals need to strongly consider bringing him back, but at what price tag? And that's what part of the reason we were talking about earlier. It's just like they waited too long to get these guys in Gracie in their lineup. Byron Murphy played less snaps in year two than he did year one for Vance Joseph, and that's kind of compounded the problem mm-hmm. of now what do you do with them? This weekend is going to be a big tell for the Cardinals offense, Bo. We look at New England's defense. It is top 10 in almost every statistical category in the NFL. Their offense stinks. We've talked about it at nauseum, Patricia and company. Uh, but the defense is playing well. Yeah. And then you you figure Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, it's their second game all together. And so hopefully that's enough mm-hmm. in and of itself, along with James Conner, to be able to at least move the football and be productive. Yeah, I, I this this Patriots defense great against the run, right? And you see that overall, as you mentioned, numbers look solid across yeah. the board. But then also, if you, if you peel back the onion a little bit, you, you realize that they've kind of feasted on they they played Mitchell Trubisky right too. They've played Zach Wilson, who actually threw for over 350 yards in one game, and mm-hmm. then 77 in the next. Mm-hmm. And then they Sam Ellinger played against them. He was awful. So they feasted on a couple bad quarterbacks and mm-hmm. kept the points totals down in those yeah. games. So it, it's been good. It's always good with Belichick and, and his his whole staff over there. But I think that this is a, this is a team that you know the Arizona Cardinals can can should put points against because as you mentioned with the playmaking that they could potentially have on the field Monday night. You, you have to you have to at this point. Do you think that the coaching matchup is so drastic that it kind of overshadows the Cardinals would be personnel advantage because it's like Mac Jones <laughs> versus Kyler Murray get the fuck out of here but right. then you look on the sideline and it's Cliff Kingsbury versus right. Bill Belichick right and and you know Belichick I think won that game of chess a couple of years he ago did he won with no offense he had Cam Newton back there and they they found a way to beat the Cardinals um and like Cliff uh, like we talked to him this week and he kind of laughed about it. He's like, he almost said he was, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but not too far off. He's, he'd be embarrassed to beat a guy like Belichick because oh of, my God. he's a legend. He's the goat as far as what is, stu- what is like a stupid, not, nah, I'm not I, saying you said he's, that he's trying to, you know, obviously no, we well, got drafted by Bill credit he played to, for in Bill. respect to, but you to have Belichick. to, you have to have the mentality that it's, this is your time, right? right? He doesn't think like of himself that, like that, that. That's the part where, this is one of the things I said at the beginning of the year, looking at our schedule. You have to look at yourself. If you're going to jump in, if you're going to take the leap that we're supposed to, we, we started out great last year. We, we, we fumbled all the way in, and then we came in this offseason thinking that we're going to sign Kyler, keep Cliff. We added D-Hop. We got Hollywood Brown. And now the mentality has to be, if you're going to move to the next level, you, you can't be afraid to beat the guys that have been considered the best of all times. Mm-hmm. You can't be afraid to deal with can't be afraid to deal with Kansas City and the Mahomes effect and look at these guys like, oh, my God, we're playing Kansas City or Oakland Raiders or or Minnesota Vikings, whoever it is that we're playing. You have to have the mentality that you want to take them down. We was in the NFC East for years back in the days when I was here, and it was Dallas. It was Dallas. It was San Fran. It was Washington. It was the Eagles. It was the Giants. But the mentality was we were just the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, well, and that's how Bruce Arians operated. That's how you operate. Because you have to have the mentality that you have to be wanting to beat these teams. And the coaches. Remember this here. The coaches are the chess players. We're the pawns. Mm-hmm. They may have some bishops, some knights. Some teams got more. 
queens and kings that can move around on a chessboard a little better. The Cardinals have more talent than most teams in the but NFC. You, but mentally, you, you have to McVay be ready to went move into, to that next to level. Last night was like, ah, we're just gonna punt on this. We, I mean, we got we brought in a you know McDaniel's a good OC. Hours yeah, he's ago. won some Super Bowls. Right. Whatever. I mean, watch this here, guys. You know how, you know the the balls you gotta have to look at the NFL and say, I don't need an offensive coordinator. I can make my defensive coordinator who was here, who left my team to be head coach as a defense coordinator, come back and make him my offensive line slash offensive coordinator coach. And we don't have an offensive coordinator on the Patriots team. We got two defensive coordinators yeah. coaching our team. And that's in Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia. That's, excuse my big language. That is time. absolutely a slap in the face to every offensive team or every offensive coordinator in the league. Yeah. Like, you can do this. Your defensive coordinator can be the offensive coordinator. Right. You think Matt Jones is sitting in the offense, like, offensive meeting, like, yeah, this is a great play, while he's cussing at the coach, like, man, get the ball down the field. Why are we stinking? Why are we effing it up? Because you think that this guy can call plays right. because he can stop offensive plays. He Now he can call offensive plays. That's the balls of these two guys. The balls <laughs> of these two coaches is absolutely Amazing. But he's got the collateral. Amazing. But Bill well, Belichick has the collateral to do that. So. Uh, look, amazing. Sure. But how, how about, you know, the the comments from Vance Joseph yesterday. Frank, I don't know if you, you saw him. Where Vance <laughs> Joseph said this about Matt Patricia. who's their, their offensive play caller. He said he's, they, they like to run the ball. They can establish the run. But a lot of screen plays out there. Very conservative. It's like a defensive guy calling offensive plays. <laughs> you know, what's interesting. It's like Mac Jones, since returning as starters, the last six weeks has been a screen machine. He's throwing, he's thrown set like thirty-seven screens in the last six games. It's crazy. Uh, now on the the rest of this, the overall on the season, talking about how conservative Matt Patricia is a play caller. Kyler Murray's throwing more screen passes than Mac Jones. Can I tell something to Vance Listen, Joseph? Can you say that again? Can you please? Kyler say that? Murray, from your offensive guru, the fudge, Cliff Kingsbury, must be. Did he? Does he have a defensive background? No. Because why is he calling offense like a, he's a defensive coordinator? I like I like Vance Joseph. I like Vance Joseph. It's crazy, Vance, man. Your defense has given up the second most points per game in the NFL this year. Twenty. 6.8, right behind Detroit at 27. They have given up 30 points in each of their last, how many games? Four out of their last five games. I bet our defense got more snaps than most defenses in, in NFL, too. Though. That's true. No, listen, me dogging Vance in the defense is not giving, um, you know, they know taking what they're some do. off of the offense. They know what they're going to do. It's going to look exactly like it did against the Chargers. It's going to be death by a thousand cuts, tiny cuts. It's going to be Two yard pass, three yard pass. It's gonna and they're just gonna do that all game long. Now here's the difference: Mac Jones is not Justin Herbert. That's yeah. I just he's got a much better head coach though. I would not recommend taking What's Bill in. Belichick gonna do as far as Mac Jones and the offensive side of the. If you're on underdog fantasy, stay away from this game. That's the best thing I can I can describe. <laughs> Go bet on the NBA that night, and you can do that underdog fantasy. Listen, Bo and I, we didn't fare so well in the PHNX year long fantasy football. Uh, standings. Mm -hmm. Bo's fighting for his Waffle House life. I thankfully have some air to breathe, but he needs a dub this weekend, or my man 
finishes in last place and has to sit at a Waffle House. Because we have these 24 hours rock and jock rules. I told him I would be there. Dumb bonus point escalators. It's like, to be fair, your team scored the least amount of points of anybody. It's because as soon as I saw it was these Donald Duck scoring rules, (laughs) I was out on this league. He was out on on our year-long league. We're in on underdog fantasy, though. It's fantastic. Draft your team against five of your friends. The highest scoring squad for the night wins that cold, hard cash. Thursday night football, Friday night NBA, doesn't matter. NBA, you can draft six NBA players. There's no positional limits. How about that? It's been fantastic. Hires and lowers for players, and it's easy. All you got to do is go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, use the promo code, you guessed it, PHNX. Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, put in a hundy, get out a hundred free from Underdog Fantasy, but you got to use that promo code PHNX. And, uh, yeah, we're... We're having a good time on Underdog Fantasy, even as the Cardinals struggle to score points. Bo. Yeah, you're shit-talking my fantasy team. I'm not. I'm well trying to deserved. help you. I and told you look, all the waiver pickups the, this week. It's it's fine. <laughs> I, I'm comfy sitting now, here. Now I don't know if I'm going to show up to eat your waffles. <laughs> there's more, more furniture chair, which is nice, and it's stylish. It and is. If you look at the rest of the studio, it's uh, it's got some great more furniture all over the place. What you need to do before this holiday season, before you're hosting family and friends and people are drinking way too much eggnog and making asses of themselves, is pimp out your living room, your dining room, uh, you know, your bedroom, wherever it may be that needs some great furniture. Check out More Furniture right now. Go to the website, morefurniture.com. That's morefurniture.com. You can get some great stuff like we have right here on camera in the studio. Like uh, all of us have at our respective houses as well. We've we've uh, dabbled in some more furniture lately. Yeah, I I purposely just try to sit here as long as I can to enjoy the <laughs> the, the fine things of, of more furniture instead of my futon at home. Uh, and listen, that's because you'd be a bad dude. That's why you'd be bad. Man. I would be bad. I'm a mama, thank you. Well, it's like Cliff is a futon. Bill Belichick is more furniture. That's the best way that I can describe <laughs> it right now. And we're gonna go in to our official game predictions. For Patriots at Cardinals on Monday Night Football, I'm going to start with you, Bo Brock. What do you like? I like the Arizona Cardinals in this game. I said this earlier this week. I think the Cardinals are going to win the next two games against some very offensively challenged football teams. I don't care. I'm not scared of the big, bad Belichick. He's a shell of himself. He doesn't have the personnel to do it. I think the Cardinals win this one on Monday Night Football 24-18. You guys can crush me in the comments. I don't give a shit. I'm going chalk on this game, too. I got my offensive player of the game is Kyler Murray. Kyler's going to have a big game. Dual threat quarterbacks have kind of feasted on this Patriots defense all season long. You had Lamar Jackson go over 100 yards on the ground. You had Justin Fields put up some yards on the ground. I think guys like Kyler Murray, players that can get after it with their legs, hopefully some design runs in there from Kyler Murray. He's going to be your offensive star of the game. Zach Allen, this is Zach, Mac Jones has been sacked 20 times in his last six games. And a lot of that pressure's come from the interior of the opposing defensive line. Who's the best player right now for the Cardinals there? Probably Zach Allen. Bill Belichick's going to try to combat J.J. Watt. Give me Z.A. having a big game. Probably getting to the quarterback at least once. Batting down some passes. And then your unsung player of the game, Greg Dortch, coming back from the thumb injury. He's going to play the slot. He's going to get some some open open field there to make some plays for the Arizona Cardinals with D-Hop and Hollywood Brown playing their second straight game together. Uh, listen, I love the the rah-rah mentality I, wow. I can come to expect from my co-host, <laughs> Bo Brock. Wow, come to expect. But here's, I'm going to use cold hard facts here. Uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Cardinals suck on national TV. 
and they suck at home. They've won one home game in the last 13 months. That was the Thursday night game against the New Orleans Saints. Now they have to play Bill Belichick on the national stage. I'm going to go ahead and guess that uh, Cliff Kingsbury is not up for the task. I do want to say, I think we have a big game from Hollywood Brown. Hollywood looked good in his return two weeks ago. Now he's had two additional weeks off. I think he has a big game with Hopkins demanding most of the coverage from Bill and his defense. And on the flip side, I think this is a good Zayvon Collins uh, game. Stevenson, they're going to want to run the ball up in the middle. They've got Hunter Henry and company. This is kind of an ugly game where I think we're going to see a lot of punts. Zayvon does well when teams do not spread out this Cardinal team and it's a more conventional eye formation offenses that they face. Unsung hero. I'm just, I'm trying to will this into his existence. I love you, Marcus Golden. Dennis Gardak, you can have him. Let's get the young kids in a pass rusher. Cameron Thomas has been their most effective on the edge this year, and I think he will do well using his strength on the edge to set the tone both in the run game and in the passing game. Uh, again, nothing, no shots at Marcus Golden, but he's not what he once was. Play the kids, Frank. Look, five games to go. We just had a bye week. You got to come back with a new mentality, a fresh start. At the end of the day, you got to let all your chips fall so you have an idea what, what will happen at the end of the season. Yep. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm taking the Cardinals. And the only reason why I'm doing it is because this is what happens. Winners get the spoils of victory, like we saw last week with the Chargers. Losers get the lesson. I'm hoping that the Cardinals learned the lesson this weekend mm -hmm. while they had the week off to realize how to play four quarters of football. This is a great challenge right now, mentally and emotionally, because you're going against Belichick. For Cliff, it's his time to overcome the weakness of being the – the 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 the, the, the stepchild yeah. in NFL. And I, was, I, had, I had a couple other words I wanted to use, guys. I, <laughs> I had to get around that edge. But I believe that this is an opportunity where the Cardinals can learn from the lesson of almost coming up with the victory. It was told how this game was going to come down to the last seconds and pulling it off and not giving the ball back to uh, not get to Justin Herbert. What about what Frank so, says? How many lessons do the Cardinals need to learn? Look, he, and here's the funny thing about it. They got five more games to figure it out. If they, if they run the table, they would have learned a lesson on how to win. They would have learned a lesson on how to finish the football game. They will learn how to be a team. And something might have clicked in that moment. We saw J.C. run for 120-plus. There's no stopping D-Hops. He makes plays. You add a Hollywood Brown. He just came back. His first game back with some opportunities. G.D., we know Gregory Dorsch can make plays. That's offensive conversation, right? Trey McBride has to step up. This is the opportunity where, look, this is enough game and re repetition that he can say to himself, it's time to be the big dog, and now i got to be the big dog. Maybe he'll never drop him pass like that again. And that's the process. And so guess what? I believe in these Cardinals in the last five games. And the reason why is because I've seen it in 1998. We had six games to go. We needed to win four, and we pulled a rabbit out of our hat. That's what happened. We found ourselves in the playoffs as a wild card. It's not impossible. It's very possible. I want to believe but yet I turn around and there are stories and headlines and just garbage that falls this team, Bo Brock. And we talked about it earlier. This Jordan Schultz report mm -hmm. is not going to go away. You know, Steve Kime reportedly is is not feeling well enough to do his, his regular hit on radio tomorrow. And so today. I just today, today, I'm sorry. Yeah. It is today. I, you know, NyQuil it up. Call in. <laughs> Let's hear from Steve Kime. But we haven't heard from Steve Kime. I just feel like said, it between the, the issues with the issues with the coaching staff and the and the firing of Sean Coogler, the fact that Kyler Murray is in the headlines every week that's not football related and people are dragging him, the Kime stuff now, I don't know as much goodwill as like J.J. Watt and company can bring this franchise. I just think they look at it, it's like they're, they're checking their watch. 
and they're checking their Malibu flights. I don't get the sense from this team. I've been around the locker room. There's too many guys with too much pride to go on primetime and and get blown out again uh, to to lose. And they don't give a shit about their GM being uh, talked about today. Uh, It probably doesn't even make it to most of the guys. Uh, Twitter feed for the most part. I mean, you, you want that message to be sent to to Bidwell and to Kime. It doesn't matter. It's not. It doesn't matter. The players don't care, Frank. I, I wouldn't assume that they care what's being said about their GM. That and it's not anything that they haven't seen before. That's the one thing that that you know. Uh, I like this article because it restarts the conversation and it, it doesn't sound like a broken record from Johnny, myself, and Frank. But uh, you know, I. This team has two directions to go for the final five games. They can continue to play like shit, or they can play better. They can put their best foot forward. There's jobs to be had. There's jobs to be kept or lost in the next five games, and there's a reputation, a huge reputation, as far as your franchise quarterback who doesn't want to go out you know, with kind of vindicating a a bunch of people that, that were saying that that was a bad contract. Yeah, you've got a job to do. It's to go to gophnx.com. Become a diehard right now. Get 20% off on all merchandise at gophnx.com, the PHNX Merchandise Locker. You also get access to our premium diehard level content, a free shirt or hat of your choosing. Not, it's not a one-off. It's every flipping year. And I don't know if you guys knew about this or not, 90-plus percent of the content, the written content, from Howard Balzer and company at gophnx.com is for free now. But if you want that sweet, sweet nectar of the elusive con- the content, the exclusive content, I should say, you got to become a diehard. Go and look at the testimonies from some of our PHNX faithful. You will not be sorry that you did. Hey, here's a good reminder. We are back for Monday Night Football, your definitive coverage of Patriots at Cardinals. We've got our pregame show, which will be dubbed the PHNX Tailgate Show, with myself, Bo Brock, um, the GM Saul Bookman, Shane Diefenbach and company. Then the halftime show, myself, Damian Anderson, Frank Sanders, and then the postgame show. So everything and anything Cardinals, Monday Night Football, we have you locked and loaded. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Are these the final days of Steve Kimes' tenure with the Arizona Cardinals? We'll find out. Stay tuned.